Welcome to Episode 8 of Racing with RK. This week's episode is brought to you in part by the Buckeye Karting Challenge, Ohio's Karting Championship. If you haven't raced the Buckeye Karting Challenge this year, use promo code RACING with RK when you enter and receive $5 off your entry fee. Their next event is at Circleville Raceway Park Sunday, September 27th, with practice on Saturday, September 26th. And also Lori Beal Photography, your expert in motorsports photography. Her passion is sports, specifically motorsports, but also enjoys travel, concert, and night photography. Check Lori's website, lorybealphotography.com. That's L-O-R-I-B-I-E-H-L photography.com and use promo code RACINGWITHRK and receive a discount for first-time customers. Tonight's episode is going to be about a couple of events I attended this year. I'm going to share with you my experience, but I first want to talk about a YouTube video that I stumbled across the other day. And it was conducted by Bill McCormick. Bill was a great driver, raced a lot with Lynn Haddock back in the day, and he's very involved with the vintage program. He was interviewing legendary driver Butch Stewart. Now, Butch was a, a kid that came out of West Virginia, but back in the day, Butch also was legendary. And the interview was about Butch's career and how he came through the ranks and evolved into a really great sea open driver and all the great names and drivers he raced along the way at the end of the interview bill looked at the camera and said vintage karting association it's like a time machine i said wow you know what i think he's right so i looked up the definition of a time machine a time machine is a fictional or hypothetical device used to achieve time travel. Okay. Vintage, as in the Vintage Karting Association, means of old, recognized, and enduring interest, importance, or quality. Classic. Classic karting back through time travel. That's kind of what vintage karting is. The last couple of months, thanks to Jeff Brown, who's another legendary kart driver from back in the day, who basically was unstoppable when he got on the racetrack. Really, really big name back in the 60s and 70s and 80s. Uh, Jeff invited me to Newcastle and Camden to do some announcing. So I took him up on it. Had the time of my life. And I truly went back in time. I saw friends from literally 50 years ago that I hadn't seen in those 50 years. So you've watched NASCAR races, and then you've seen the grid walk that Michael Waltrip does. Well, the podcast today, we're going to do a grid walk through the paddock of a vintage karting event, and I'm going to share with you the people I talked to that I knew from back in the day and the memories. I have of those particular people. And let's start with Jerry Vaughn. I saw Jerry in Camden just last weekend. Jerry raced with me back in the 60s. All kinds of tracks, including Camden, Dark Cart, 
and certainly our track at Cougar Raceway. He was one of the top drivers in the country. He raced out of OVKA, but when it came to national events, Jerry was always near the front, always a gentleman, and always had that smile on his face. I consider him a dear friend to this day. And yes, I raced with Jerry back in the 60s. Paul Martin was at Camden. Paul Martin was another top driver back in the day in two-cycle sprint racing. Paul raced most of his career alongside Lynn Haddock and raced out of Lynn's, uh, Lynn's team. The memory I have about Paul Martin was in 1973. The WK Sprint Nationals were at Kugler Raceway. Paul was there racing, I want to say Yamaha and maybe controlled, and he was always battling for the win. But he did a little something different this weekend. Lynn was there in his C Open machine, but Lynn just happened to have a backup C Open machine. And he went to Paul and he said, you want to race it? Paul thought for maybe a nanosecond and said, heck yeah. So Paul went out, never raced a C Open before. And I talked to him on that Saturday, said he never raced one after that. But Paul went out in a huge field of C Opens and finished third right on the heels of one of the greatest of all time, Ken Burton. And of course, he got beat by the winner of the race that weekend and the national champ, Lynn Haddock. Not too shabby. That's how good Paul Martin was. And then there's Lynn Haddock. Lynn was at Camden as well. Lynn has done just about any, everything you can do in karting. Arguably, you could say he's the best ever. Off the top of my head, if I had to say who's the best, Lynn Haddock, Mark Dismore, and Kyle Atkins come to mind. And you could probably throw them all in a hat and draw a name, and you wouldn't be wrong no matter whose name you drew. Take your pick. But my first memory of Lynn was Barnesville, Georgia, 1967. He brought home three wins racing the senior class for the first time. I was proud that I finished fifth in junior modified and I was bringing home a trophy. And here's Lynn, first time in the senior classes, he's bringing home three. And he's never slowed down since. One of the most historic races he competed in was the Bridgestone Grand Prix in Long Beach. The Bridgestone Pro Kart Invitational, historic battles with the legendary Scott Pruitt. And he was also the tuner for Lake Speed when Lake Speed won his world championship. And Lynn's done it all. He's been one of the best engine builders in the country, a top driver, and now he brings a host of drivers to the vintage races and helps them go fast. And we're going to talk about some of those drivers because we saw them on the gridwalk too. And one of them, well, his name is Pete Vetter. Now, if you don't know Pete Vetter, Shame on you, because Pete Vetter is one of the coolest guys in the pits. He gets up on the wheel, and no matter what he's racing or who he's racing, he's giving it everything he's got. Legendary name in Midwest karting. Pete always has a smile on his face, and that smile was as wide as ever as he raced the vintage races at Camden. Pete's a wheel man, and he's still competitive. Last year at the Quincy Grand Prix, while going for the win, he did a helicopter spin at the start-finish line, leaving the cart and still spinning onto the track. The carts got stopped. We ran out to see if Pete was okay, and I swear to you, he got up and he was still smiling. 
He was sore the next day, but he never lost that smile because Pete has a passion for karting. Lake Speed was at Newcastle, and yes, I got to talk to Lake. And I got to visit with Lake last year, actually, at the Buckeye Karting Challenge Banquet. What on earth can you say about Lake that hasn't already been said? Here's a driver that came up through karting and became one of the top drivers in the United States. He went to Silverstone with Lynn Haddock and beat a driver by the name of Ayrton Senna to be the world champion of karting. But what did he do after that? Well, with some seat time and not a lot of seat time in a NASCAR school car at Rockingham, he put together a NASCAR team and started his NASCAR career. One of the first races I remember Lake in, and he had very little experience, was a race at Talladega. And Lake got out there and was running with the leaders in an unsponsored car. His career just skyrocketed from there. He was a winner at Darlington with his own team, and he also received a second-place finish at the Daytona 500, finishing behind awesome Bill from Dawsonville, Bill Elliott. I bumped into Mike Geeson at Newcastle and at Camden. Let me tell you a little bit about Mike Geeson and the Geeson family. I've known Mike since he was a junior sportsman driver. That was a few years ago. I don't know Mike's exact age, but I'm thinking mid-30s, maybe. Mike was racing at Charlotte in the junior sportsman class at the ripe old age of about eight or nine years old. And Ron Withrow, our race director, came up to me and he said, come here, I want to show you something. He took me into the tech area. And lo and behold, in the USA 20 class, the driver, and I don't remember what position Mike finished. I don't know that he won that day, but he was in the top five, obviously. He was tearing down his own motor. At eight years old, he took his own motor to tech and tore it down and knew every piece of it. Mike still races today, and if you watched him, he, he's done everything you can do in karting. He's been a multinational winner through the WKA. He's raced the top levels in the Constructors Championship, Stars of Karting, USPKS, SCUSA. Now he's one of the top tuners in the country. But when he gets behind the wheel of that vintage kart with the twin engines, he can't wipe the smile off his face either. When I've talked to him about it, he says, Randy, I tell you, it's a handful. I love it. It really makes you drive the cart, and he can't get enough of it. Dean Sauter. Well, now there's a name. If you're a racer in WK back in the 70s, you know the Sauter name. Dean Sauter, his brother Paul. I raced with him a ton of times. Dean's one of the smoothest drivers I've ever raced against, and one of the most humble. He's a true gentleman but one of the toughest drivers to beat on the track. We raced together in B-Limited in the early 70s. I didn't beat him very often. But I'll tell you what, when I did, the few times I beat him, I really felt like I'd beat the best. Dean races vintage to this day and refuses to get into the, the Masters or, or over 60 class. He runs with the kids or the younger generation, let's put it that way, and is very competitive and is always up there in the front trying to get the win. Neil Keller was there, along with his son, Craig. Neil and Jerry Sealscott ran Hub Distributing back when 
I guess WK was formed and even before. They supplied engines for the Souders, and they also had a tremendous Enduro program. Neil Keller was also instrumental in the early years of structuring the rulebook for the WKA. He had Dean and Paul Sauter running for him with the WK in the 70s, along with another driver who had many national championships, John Huffman. I'll never forget the first time I met the Sauters and John Huffman. It was at Camden. And we got there, we're racing juniors. I got my fancy dart chaparral, and man, I'm just I'm gonna get it done with that chaparral. We're gonna get we're gonna get somewhere. And I was I was pretty good back then in juniors. Here come these kids, and they got an SAE cart. Now, if you don't know about an SAE cart, it's square tubing. The roller without an engine weighs about 70 pounds. And I thought to myself, I won't have to worry about those guys. I know I can beat them. Let me tell you something. They were a handful. They got around that track like nobody's business. They knew how to make that SAE work. Not long after that, they switched to bug stingers and stayed with them throughout their karting career and were very competitive, and Dean won many national championships. Proud to still call him my friend to this day. Craig Keller was there with Neil, which in that in itself is pretty cool because Craig's getting up there in years. He's not much younger than me, really, I don't believe. And he's there with his dad. How cool is that? I got a, I got a memory of Craig. Craig's a pretty good wheel man, especially when it comes to Enduros. We raced a few races together in B-Stock. And it rode Atlanta one year. I was out in practice, and I thought I had my B-Stock dialed in. I was flying down the straight. I'm looking around to see if, you know, somebody's timing me with a a jet flying next to me or something just to see how fast I'm going because I knew I was setting records. And about halfway down the straightaway, somebody went by me so fast it blew the paint off my helmet. That was Craig. He's a rocket ship. I realized then I wasn't quite as fast as I thought I was. Craig's a good guy and supports a lot of drivers in the vintage program and gets in the seat every now and then as well. Rick and Linda Combs were there. They were working the scoring and registration, along with Jeff Brown's wife. I've known Rick and Linda for many years. Back when I was president of WK, Rick and Linda were both involved in the OVKA. Rick was the promoter of a divisional series back then and raced competitively year in and year out. Here it is, 15 to 20 years later, and Rick's still hands-on helping the OVK and helping the Greg family and in and, and G and J with their events. So hats off to, to Rick and Linda for still supporting karting and again a friendship renewed when I was at Camden for me from friends I have known for many years. And when we talk about Camden and OVK, you have to talk about the Greg family. Gary and his entire family have provided a racetrack for the OVKA for nearly 50 years, almost 60 actually. A class guy, a great family, people that live and breathe the sport of karting and do it for the right reasons. They've kept the facility in top-notch condition. They've given support and guidance to one of the greatest kart clubs that ever was formed, the Ohio Valley Karting Association, and continue to do so 
to this day. This day, they serve our sport in a first-class manner, year in and year out. I saw Rob Lehman at Newcastle. Rob Lehman was part of the Crescent Raceway team, and I raced at the, with the Crescent Raceway team. I raced against them for many years in Open Heavy and B Limited. They came to the track first class. Crescent Raceway was run by Jim Vale. The team, the Crescent Raceway team, and of course they were known for their Crescent carburetors, which was kind of a, a, a souped up Tillerson carburetor that made you go faster than just a standard carburetor. And they had a lot of other components. They built motors. They came to the, to the racetrack first class, all dressed in uniforms, just immaculate. There wasn't a speck of dirt on their carts and they raced the same way. They raced you clean and they were fast. It was great to visit with Rob again and reminisce about the Vales, about Jim, Jimmy Vale, who raced C Open, who raced B Limited, had some races with Jim and B Limited. Uh, Frank Cherry was another driver back then that raced with uh, the Crescent Raceway team. So just some really great memories with Rob talking about the old Crescent Raceway team. Bud Snelling was at Camden. The Snelling family dates back to Cougar Raceway, my mom and dad. I raced Randy Snelling, Bud's brother, in 1967 at Riverside, California. Randy and I raced a lot of races together in juniors. Bud's still at it with his son, Jeff. They're still in the vintage. Jeff helps a race team in Indianapolis, Amax Racing, helps manage some of their drivers. Bud still has that gleam in his eye and the smile on his face to get behind the wheel and run that twin engine car, and he'll do it, and he's fast. Sadly, we lost Randy, Bud's brother, a few weeks ago, very suddenly, and it was a, it was a shame, and Bud was telling me about it. But what a great surprise for me that I could reminisce with Bud Snelling about back in the day. And you got to remember, there's only a few people out there that knew my parents. My mom died in 82, my dad died in 94. The modern day racer never met my parents. The vintage racers, so many of them not only knew them, but have stories about them. And that just warms your heart We you can sit and talk about that. And that's what I've been able to do with these vintage races. Kyle Sauter was racing at Camden, Kyle's Dean's son. Kyle's a big time wheel man in sprint cars, but like so many others, when the opportunity presents itself, he competes in the vintage events, racing against his dad. How cool is that? And you know what? His dad holds his own, and Kyle's pretty good in that go-kart, but Dean's right there with him. That's pretty neat. Every one of the races I go to, the vintage races, I see my lifelong friend, Rick Chapman. Rick's there supporting a race team with Chapman Specialties. He's retired from GM, and he's one of those people that's living the dream. He wakes up every morning and has for so many years, he goes out to his shop and he works on go-karts. How cool is that? He works with several, several drivers, including Dean at the vintage events, and he lives and breathes karting like so many of the other vintage competitors do. Joanne Beers Herzig was there. Joanne's dad raced and helped operate Navarre Kart Speedway in the early 60s. And she still maintains that karting connection in her life. And 
one common denominator I saw I see at the vintage events that you don't unfortunately see sometimes at the other upscale modern day events is there's a commonality of a smile on everybody's face. I'm not saying everybody's smiling, but a lot more smiling than are frowning, I guarantee you. And that is how it should be. Because at the end of the day, it's a go-kart race that you're creating a memory for. You want to make it a good memory. At Newcastle, I saw A.R. Gardner. A.R. and his dad, Gus, took over APCO from Dan LaMelo and Don Ships many years ago and ran that company first class professionally for so many years, field of drivers. I raced against AR for many years. Great competitor, great family. Uh, Lynn Gardner, AR's younger sister, used to race. They were and still are classy individuals. And I have talked to AR and he said that Gus is still going strong. So there's another case where you get into karting you never quite disconnect. And certainly that's an example of someone who has stayed connected. Sandy Criddle-Stropko was at Newcastle. Sandy and I raced juniors together. She did disconnect for many years from karting, but through vintage got back involved with Rick Chapman a few years ago. And what did it do? It allowed Sandy and her husband Jim to bring their grandsons into karting. And now while Sandy tries to get to as many vintage races as she can, and by the way, when she gets behind the wheel, she gets that fire in her eyes. And she's the same Sandy she always was when she gets out on the racetrack. But not only that, they bring their grandsons to the other races like the Buckeye Karting Challenge and support them as they go out in juniors and race. Mike Birdsell was in Newcastle and was inducted into the Karting Hall of Fame there. I'm sorry, into the Vintage Karting Hall of Fame. Mike has raced in six decades. He's actively competed in six decades. And I'm guessing at the Quincy Grand Prix in 2021, Mike will run the 206 Ignite class. It wouldn't surprise me at all. He still has that burning desire to get behind the wheel, not only of a vintage cart, but to test the waters in modern day competition as well. If you haven't been to a vintage race, I would say you need to go. It's, it not only takes you back in time, but it brings back memories you need to enjoy again. It brings back stories you need to hear again. It connects you with friends that you need to see again. It's good for the soul. It's good for you emotionally. It's good for you mentally. I don't see a downside, quite frankly. It's not just about the race. It's about the journey. And it's about the memories you create along that journey. Karting does that. Don't miss a vintage race because you're wasting an opportunity to relive that journey. And to have someone remind you of something that happened that you totally forgot about. I don't know how many times we would be bench racing about something and telling stories and somebody would say, Randy, do you remember when? And they'd tell me the story. And as they're telling me the story, it's like, 
Yeah, yeah, you're right. That did happen. Or I do remember that. Because I'd totally forgotten. I've enjoyed it. I guarantee it won't be my last because I'm sold. Jeff Brown, you got me hooked. And I can't wait to get to another vintage event when it, when it works for my schedule and when I can get there. Because I see people I haven't seen for so long. And I need that. And it's been good. It's been good for me mentally, and it's, uh, as I said, it's, it's good for the soul. Well, I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. It's a little shorter one, but I felt compelled to do it because I really felt motivated after leaving Camden on Friday. Uh, we did, uh, you might have saw it on Facebook, we did a little thing for my dad, and I'll tell you real quickly what it was, but it meant so much to me because I could honor some people that deserved it. In, my dad died in 1994. And the Charlotte Motor Speedway got a stone, a memorial stone. And in front of the operations building on the backstretch of the Charlotte Motor Speedway, they placed the stone, they planted a tree, and put up two nice benches. And the stone said, WK founder George Kugler. Dad was really good friends with Harvey Walters, who was the operations director at Charlotte back then. And Humpy Wheeler, who was the president of the Speedway, legendary promoter, one of the greatest of all time, and, and, and he and Dad were really good friends. So when we lost Dad, they wanted to do something in his memory. So they got this stone, and they called me, and uh, I went down, my stepmom Mary went down, and we dedicated the stone. That was 19, I think they did it in late 1994. 26 years later, 25 and a half years later, I reached out to Marie at WK and I said, whatever happened with that stone? So she went over to the operations building and she looked and the stone was still there, but it had kind of run its course in Charlotte. The benches were gone. The tree was fully grown. The stone was sitting at the base of, of the flagpole and it wasn't really being appreciated. So I reached out to the speedway and I said, if you don't mind, I'd like to have that stone. They said, absolutely. So I came down to Charlotte in June to announce the, uh, the Manufacturers Cup Nationals, and I picked up the stone, and I brought it back with me, and I called up Gary Gregg, and I told him the story. And I said, Gary, I want, I want to find a new home for the stone. And Gary says, I know exactly where it needs to be. It needs to be at Camden. I said, I know. You see, at Camden in 1971, the first unofficial slash official meeting to form the WK took place out in the infield near a light pole. And to this day, there's a sign that says WK was formed here. So that's where the stone's going to go. At the vintage race, I presented that stone to Gary and I explained to Gary that the stone wasn't just in memory of my dad. It wasn't just in memory of my family, of my mom, my stepmom, Mary, me, my brother. It wasn't just about that. It's at Camden because that stone represents all the people at Camden, at the OVKA, that saw to it that WK became a reality. The Ron Withrows, the Karma Withrows, the Bill Halls, the Greg family, Gene Stafford, and I could go on and on and on. Bob Sellers, who offered the first 
office for W.K. at no charge in Dayton and his business so W.K. could have a brick and mortar. It's for the OVKA and the Carters at that club that jumped on board and said, we're with you. Let's get this going. And that's the new home for the memorial stone for George Kugler. And I couldn't be more proud. It's where it belongs. It's where it needs to be with a club that truly deserves the honor. So OVKA, this one's for you. Well, that's about it for my podcast this week. I hope you enjoyed it. I sure as heck enjoyed bringing it to you. Race safe, race fast. Please, more than ever, say a prayer for the first responders, the firefighters, the police officers, the hospital workers, everybody that's out there in this crazy world. It's their job. They're doing it to serve and protect, and they're trying to do their best. They need your prayers. They need your support. I don't care which way you swing, left or right on the political climate. It doesn't matter. Support your first responders because we need them. I do not want to live in a world without first responders, and I hardly think you do either. Remember, racers, don't last forever. The racing memories do. Take care until next time. It's racing with RK.